0: Hello and welcome to The Art Detective with me, Dr Yanina Ramirez. I'm an Oxford art historian, a broadcaster and lecturer, and I'm your chief investigator of images. I'm coming to you today from the Royal Society of the Arts, rather fittingly for Art Detective. Uh, so it's quite cavernous, quite noisy, but I'm here sipping a lemonade with... Shaila Data. Hello. I'm so pleased you're doing this. You fascinate me because not only have you studied medieval Indian art, yes. but you branch out, don't you? You're, you you, you Straddled wear different hats. a few hats. centuries. You do, yeah. Tell me a bit about what you do.
2: Well, my PhD was in medieval South Indian temple architecture. Um, So the great temple cities of South India, urban design. But latterly I became interested in the 20th and 21st century because of course these were quite dramatic times in the Indian subcontinent. And really it's the connection between history and modernity that is of enduring interest to me. And in that sense it's quite useful to wear hats that are both medieval and modern. Mm. And you're a
0: curator? And apparently, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and a broadcaster. I first encountered you through your fantastic series that you did for BBC4. Um, it was three programmes, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was uh, Treasures of the Indus, um, it was an art historical travelogue that took the viewer from um, the ancient Buddhist heartlands of northern Pakistan through uh, Mughal India and down to the deep south of the of peninsula, India, mm. across three episodes, covering about four and a half thousand years of human history in three hours, <laughs> as, as, as you do on telly. As
0: telly does, yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I'm so I really, really enjoyed it. So I got right. in touch and I said, let's do an art detective. And you suggested the most fabulous artwork for us to discuss today. So... Tell the listeners what we're looking at.
2: We're looking at Tipu's Tiger. Yeah. Which is one of the most famous Indian objects in the V&A. And I actually first saw it on Blue Peter. Did you? (laughs) It shows capacity? my age. It shows my age. I think it was about 1982 or something, and it appeared on Blue Peter.
0: <laughs> it's an absolutely fascinating object, and I know that some viewers, some sorry, some listeners will know it because um, it is quite iconic, isn't it? It's this enormous piece of wooden,
2: it's almost sculpture. life-size mm. um, wooden automaton. It's called, which is a kind of, which is an, a mechanical toy, or in, in many ways, it's a robot. Yeah. And um, in the way that robots often elicit, powerful, emotive reactions in people, this also does. Yeah. Um, and although it's a really iconic object, it's one of the most famous objects, as I've said, in the VNA's India collections and in the V&A itself, um, we don't, there's a lot we don't know about it. So it's incredibly mysterious. And so I thought it was a kind of fitting subject for this podcast for the <laughs> art detective.
0: Well, we like to push the boundaries a bit, so we're not looking at a painting we're not. or anything traditional. No. This is, yeah, as you say, um, almost life-size. You've got um, a man lying
2: Prostrate. On the ground,
0: prostrate. On his and, back.
2: And there is a He's huge tiger. Mauling him, him mm. at his neck. So... Um, and the man is, um, I mean, he hasn't got a hope in hell, really. <laughs> um, he's, being, he's, been, he's got right at the jugular by this mauling tiger. Now, in itself, a tiger mauling a man in the context of Indian art is not unusual. Because right. tigers, of course, are native to India. And you see them, tigers and men in opposition, in battle, Um, as representations of kind of male prowess. You see these throughout Indian art. Mm. So that in itself is not unusual. What's unusual about this is that our man here is in European garb. Right. And this particular magnificent object, which is, you know, there's only one of its kind, um, belonged to the infamous Tipu Sultan of Mysore. Right. And infamous because? Well... I mean, I think we've all heard of Tipu Sultan. We might not now know quite why we've heard of him. Um, but he, in the 18th century, he was a real kind of hero of the resistance um, against the British. Mm. And, um, and for that reason, he was hated by the British. You know, he stood up to the East India Company. And um, for about five decades, him and his dad fought off the East India Company, and prevented them from taking control of southern India. Mm. So Mysore is, a, is near the town, the modern town of Bangalore mm-hmm. today, just to situate it for you. Um, and, you know, he was um, a powerful, wealthy, um, despotic in many ways, Muslim sultan of India. But um, I think he's, I think history's been unkind to him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because he became a figment for British propaganda. And the other reason why I chose him is, you know, it's 2017. It's the 70th anniversary this year of Indian independence and partition. And so Britain's and India's sort of embroiled history that's sort of folded into each other, these two countries. Um, you know, this is a good moment to re-examine this.
0: Yeah, and that's why I think this the choice of this object is, is just perfect. It, it, it encapsulates that resistance doesn't it so you've got um i mean the, the fact that it's an automaton of the what happens is when you turn a handle is that right yep, you turn a handle and then the man's arm goes up the
2: man's arm goes up as he is being mauled to death yeah and um, through a series of half tones, um, it mimics the sort of wailing, agonised, uh, you know, cries of a dying man. We'll try and get the video of this thing moving, yeah, on, um, embedded into the podcast because yeah.
0: it's terrible. The man—it's uncomfortable wails. to
2: listen to, as you know, all wailing of dying men should be. <laughs> it's not sonorous.
0: And then the, the uh, tiger roars at the, the same time. And the tiger roars, yes. And then, of course, it's it's quite magical because a flap comes down at the side and you've got an organ, a yes, miniature yeah. pipe organ in yes, there.
2: inside. Yeah. yes, so it's quite a sophisticated piece of early engineering mm. um, and as an early musical instrument. And these automatons were quite popular. They were, they were very popular in contemporary Europe. And you know, wealthy Indian rulers also collected them. So this was very a la mode, it was very much of its time for a man of Tibu Sultan's stature um, to commission such a piece. Um, but you know he didn't commission um, uh, a musical you know a ballerina in a box he commissioned um, a tiger and the tiger was his stamp right you know um, the tiger
0: appears all over his uh, things associated with him everything yeah yeah yeah
2: Yeah. he was known as the tiger right and so he was master of kind of propagating his own mythology Mm. and You know, I mean, he really kind of um, developed his own brand. You know, this was this was a modern man. (laughs) I
0: I think that, yeah, just the idea that the tiger's appearing. I've heard descriptions. It's from the Summer Palace, isn't it? It was in his Summer Palace and it was everywhere. There was tigers on every single (laughs) surface. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I mean, he he was finally I mean, he was feared by the British East India Company. Mm. He was absolutely feared. And one of the reasons they hated him is was because he allied himself to the French who were the other great superpowers, let's not forget, at that time. Yeah. So um, what's going to piss the British off more <laughs> than um, a powerful Muslim ruler of India <laughs> Um, you know, hobnobbing with the
0: French. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. It clearly is a representation of him, I suppose, as Tiger, him yes. representing the, the Indian resistance, mm. mauling a European yes. man. Yes. Because we can say that about this character underneath. We can. Yeah. yeah.
2: And he actually, although um, the VNA historically has been quite um, careful in the way it's described the attire of this man, he's clearly European. He's clearly wearing European garb. Mm. And I think we can safely say that he is a soldier and he's probably a soldier of the east india company
0: i'm glad you said that because there is ambiguity yes. over it isn't there they're very yeah. delicate
2: it could be you know it could a be different the, sorts of dress yes. different. i but think looks like a soldier. Yeah. let's just tell it like it is you know? <laughs> yeah
0: this is war this, this is all out war, war. Yeah. and um i mean in terms of the the way that this thing is is painted is mm. decorated um does it show a blending of styles or it, is this I mean, very there, typically indian
2: I think the representation of the tiger is very Indian. The way the stripes are painted, um, the beautiful woodwork. I mean, you know, the South Indian woodwork is extremely famous and well known. Mm. And some of the best examples of uh, sophisticated woodwork come from South India. Mm. But that's combined with a quite literally wooden representation of um, an East India Company soldier mm. um, who clearly here doesn't have a chance. I mean, this, this this tiger has just pounced on him and, you know, he's a, he's a goner. Yeah, He's absolutely a goner. Yeah,
0: he's, he's pinned down and the tiger has got him by the neck. Um, I love the fact that his hat's sort of <laughs> pressed <Yeah>. down <laughs> to show how submissive he is. Um, this would have been used to entertain the court. Is that right?
2: Yes, I think so. I mean, we don't actually know Mm. Um, we know it was commissioned by Tipu Sultan, but it doesn't come with any kind of inscription. Unusually, there's no pedestal. And after Tipu was finally defeated, um, his palace was looted. Mm. And this was taken as kind of like, a, among many other things, as a, as a kind of Tr- as a trophy
0: absolutely well it's a badge of honor in that absolutely. case but on the part of the yeah. east indian company to sort of say well actually we've defeated you now yes exactly and and, the, and then the idea that it that it has got this robotic element it's sophisticated it's a real prize to take back isn't it it is absolutely and it still yeah. plays as well I've i've, I've it does. seen um, a little video of someone playing it yes. and it, it makes the most amazing sounds you've yeah. got 18 buttons almost? Yes. Yes, keys. 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 And they are in in sort of semitones but n- but not quite, quite. are they? yeah. Know?
2: I mean it's quite unusual because it doesn't it sits between um, a European meter and an Indian meter. That's
0: what I wanted to ask you yeah. about. Right. Explain yeah. that a bit because again I'm not
2: a specialist on these things. Well, I mean it just it that, it just makes it very unique and unusual in that sense and it shows that that, that the level of experimentation um, and sophistication of the kind of objects that were being commissioned in the court of Tipu Sultan. And so this was a man of quite refined taste. Mm. Oh, you, you know what so we haven't he, done? We haven't given the dates. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be that helpful. That would be helpful, yeah. yes. <laughs> so um, it dates to about 1790. Yeah. Um, so late 18th century. And um, it's very much in keeping with the... The technology is in keeping with automatons of that time. But the iconography is completely exceptional. Mm. And that's what makes it r- really a ravishing object to look at. Mm. Um, I mean, it captivates the imagination as mu- of me as as much as it did when I was sort of eight, as it did at now, at, you know, much older, many moons later. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I, and, I, and I think that's what has been its draw. You know, it's been on display um ever since i can remember at the V&A. and um it's been it has this incredible pulling power yeah
0: yeah and i think the fact that it it still works I mean, you don't they don't have it in motion sure. often it's only when it's out for conservation mm. but it works perfectly Yeah. and again that's testament to the technology that's gone into it so do you think in in some ways as well it's it's showing off the um, the skills of the court of Tipu in his court.
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, this this is the man who was a show off. (laughs) I mean, let's make no bones about it. But, you know, this was a man who could show off. You know, he was incredibly powerful. And, um, you know, it was his remit and his prerogative to do that. So why shouldn't he? You know.
0: And at the time that this is dating from, then around 1790, mm. put a bit of context into what's happening across India because we're talking about the, the very southern part,
2: almost down to the tip, almost down to the tip, yeah, of peninsular India, which had thus far resisted the incursion of the British, the takeover of the East India Company. Um, they had they they originally arrived in Calcutta in the northeastern part of India. They chose not to rule from. Delhi, which was a much older city in the middle of India. Um, and Calcutta really was just a village until the East India Company made it a very successful trading post. And um, and then later, the ambitions of the East India Company were taken over by the imperial ambitions of the British government. Um, but British interests in India were originally all about money and commerce. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, um, and so Tipu and his <coughs> father, resisted
2: uh, Tipu and his father resistance. resisted and and, and and the british had skirmishes wow. with many um princely rulers in india and tipu sultan was has just come down to us as one of the most sort of um, vehemently feared and the one who offered one, the greatest resistance mm. and so the sort of mythology around him has really endured over 200 years yeah yeah um did he deserve it well I'm not sure that he did, you know. I mean, he, he, on the one hand, um, you know, he was ridiculed by the British, but he kind of served the ends of British propaganda because he represented, through this sort of mechanical mujahideen, if you like, he represented this um, crazed Muslim, um, uncivilized, nutter really (laughs) um who meted out um terrible punishments on people he captured you know but at the same time he allied himself with you know he was he was a clever ruler yeah and and and
0: and enchanted by the european world the european technology and art that you can see represented here i mean i'm struck by in a way how european the the um the the, the figural elements of this appear um, and I, I do see it very much as um, a combination of it different is.
2: traditions. Absolutely and, and that's what I mean that's what India is, was and always has been India is a, is a vast country and it's a vast genetic pool. And there have been multitudes of um, invaders who've come, you know, right from the Greeks and Alexander the Great. The British are just, you know, very late in the day <laughs> in a long line of people who had this enduring fascination with the riches that lay beyond the River Indus. Yeah. Um, and so Indian art is a kind of melange, if you like, of many different facets. And and this represents that, you know, you have this incredible woodworking tradition of South India, the tradition of representing tigers. Um, You have um, sophisticated um, technology of the automaton um, and it represents company art, the art of the East India Company who also commissioned a lot of art, you know, which which was a kind of confluence of Indian and European
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com
2: slash host. In traditions.
0: And you said in particular it's the tiger, the the decorative elements, the design of the tiger Mm. that seems to be chiming more with the the Indian style. Mm. Um, Is that coming through?
2: It's much more... um, I mean, there's a stiffness and a a literal woodenness to this figure, to this poor man who's beneath this mauling tiger, Mm. you know um but the tiger itself is incredibly um, curved and yeah. vigorous and you know you get the sense the sense of its might
0: and it is very detailed I mean yes. there's carved aspects to around
2: the head mm-hmm. and
0: and then there's even the little sort of hump on the back to yeah. show, to Absolutely. show the realism of
2: the tiger. And this way of representing the stripes through these kind of um, leaf patterns if you like with this black stripe in the middle yeah um, it's not painted in leaf literal vertical stripes, um, which would have this flattening effect on the sculpture. Um, this is a way to show the curvature of the sculpture, yeah, and celebrate that. Is that gold paint yes. around there? So, yes. so there's this,
0: uh, the black centre in, in the middle, mm. gold around it. Uh, there's also uh, foil elements, aren't there? Bits of I think the belt of the soldier is. Yes. In, is that silver foil or?
2: I think it would have been silver paint. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's a there's a richness to the appearance
2: of this piece.
0: Um, And it would have been in the Summer Palace, but we don't know in what what setting. I mean, there's
2: lots of conjecture. It could have been in a music room. It could have been in the private quarters. Um, I mean, what was this? Was this something that he used to entertain his courtiers? Was it something that he used to entertain his European visitors, like the French or the Danish, who were also in the region at the time? or was this the private toy of a kind of crazy man-child? <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Because
0: my, in my imagination, if this is being wheeled out to yes. entertain visiting Europeans, it is um, it is slightly <laughs> Well, the French uh, would have loved it, of course. Yes. Right, right. But, <laughs> but, I mean, is it identifiably a British soldier, though? I mean, is that something
2: that... Well, he, I mean... I think we can safely say that it is, right um, because clearly he's not Indian, you can tell from the tone of his skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the same token, you know, Tipu was known and has been known for the last two centuries as having pitted himself against the British and that's how he's remembered there and here.
0: And this is a repeated image isn't it because it doesn't just appear here. Uh, This idea of the tiger attacking a European soldier, Mm. he had it repeated on on other things? He
2: did yes, on on prints, on paintings, Um, it appears in embroidery but as I said the iconography of the tiger attacking A human being is quite familiar in the Indian context. He's just used it within his own landscape. He's applied his own metaphor to it.
0: Uh, How clever. So he's appropriated that tradition, but he's made it very politically specific to this moment.
2: And there is a broader Indo Iranian artistic and stylistic tradition of um, associating. Um, royal power, regal power with big cats. Uh And traditionally in India, um, kings associated themselves with lions. Um, Tipu unusually chose the tiger, Um, you know, and, and as I said before, he worked very hard to develop his brand identity, mm. and he's succeeded. Is it different to his father?
0: Did his father have a different sort of iconography and symbolic tradition?
2: Um, it, it is actually the, the tiger iconography comes specifically um, with Tipu Sultan, yeah, yeah. and Not is that Sultan. We Ali, see a rise in yes, resistance, then. absolutely. So
0: it is very much deliberately aimed at this the British, the British yes, and, and defeating their
2: army, yeah. Gosh, I mean, I I mean, they spent, Tipu and his father, Haider Ali, spent 50 years um, warding off the British, you know, so, you know, this is half a century's worth of, you know, blood and battle and um, defiance. Mm. No. And, and
0: am I right in thinking, then, he, he, he was very brutal to the soldiers that he captured? He, he There's was, stories, aren't they're, <laughs> they're, yes, there are. Um,
2: I mean, you know, one in particular, after the Second Anglo-Mysore War, it was around 1780 to 84, a large number of East India Company troops were captured and incarcerated in the dungeons at Sarangapatnam, which is where his capital was. Um, for longer than they were originally supposed to be. And those who eventually escaped um, wrote some. Rather florid. Extremely colorful (laughs) accounts of what happened to them, including being subjected to, you know, excruciating and humiliating circumcision. Now, circumcision, you know, in Europe was fairly unusual at that time and it was only associated with quote-unquote going Turk uh, which meant converting to Islam. The mythology that's grown up around it was that he had he sort of forced these people to convert now that's a misnomer Um, and I think that that has served British the ends of British propaganda Um, because, you know, he, as I said, he allied himself to the French. I mean, he did what he needed to do. Mm. um, But that doesn't take away from the fact that he was brutal. Brutal, yeah. But, you know, history doesn't remember the kind, fluffy, woolly (laughs) rulers. I mean, name me one, name me one. Well, we're going through it at the moment, aren't we? But no, I think you're right. You know,
0: the the renowned ones, the ones that survive, are the ones that, that... Bring about that sort of effective resistance yeah. because, you know, as he's managing to resist, other areas are falling. Yes, and so absolutely. the fact he's remained a legend and remembered is because yeah. he was brutal. Yeah. Um, and I think that he, it, it's, it's so interesting that this object was brought back and displayed so proudly. In a way, I'd have felt that the East India Company might have seen this as a humiliating image.
2: Originally, it wasn't on public display, it first arrived back in the UK um, in. 1800, I believe, and it was housed in the library of the East India Company um, and later moved to the VNA, to the India section of the VNA. and um, I, I, I suspect they didn't quite know what to do with it. Yeah. I suspect that they would dead chuffed they'd got it (laughs) well it
0: is have got into the palace that's the thing they have broken in to that stronghold and here's the booty and here is the booty Um, regardless of the fact that it's deeply insulting to them (laughs) it's still a sign of their success sure Uh, but yeah I I can imagine it must have been a slightly problematic piece Uh, but just so so enchanting and so um, technologically advanced I think Um, I think now if you encounter it it's the scale of it that's so surprising and was, again, not knowing an awful lot about mm. his palace. What remains? What have we got to put it into the setting?
2: Of? Oh, his palace is, is is as vast and over the top as this object would suggest. Mm. I mean, this is completely in keeping with the image of Tipu Sultan as incredibly wealthy, inc- incredibly flamboyant, um, and wearing all of that, mm. Um, You know, this was a man of incredible power and incredible riches, which the East India Company wanted, you know, and he displayed that. And there is still today a palace in Mysore, um, which you can go and visit, um, which will give you a, a very good idea. Of you know what this man represented during his time during his lifetime.
0: And tell me about the downfall then. How does it all come to an end?
2: <laughs> well, he was eventually captured and killed in his own fort after a bloody war, and that you know that was his downfall. And he died in the place where he fought his hardest battles. Mm. Um, and um, and you know the mythology lives on from there. Mm. Um, and it was after his downfall that the palace and the fort were looted and you know this among other things were carried away Mm. as war booty
0: I think it's it's such a important artwork to look at for this podcast because uh, not only does it break our preconceptions of what art can be Mm. in that it is you know carved wood Mm. carved painted wood but also an automaton, Mm. and a musical instrument. Mm. Um, So it's important for all those reasons, but it's so important as a symbol of that moment in history, isn't Mm. it? And that place, it's so completely rooted to that place.
2: It is, but I think it has relevance today as well, because even today, you know, I mean, he, he really fought the British, Um, And yet today in a kind of rising Hindu right-wing nationalist India that we have today, um, he's a complicated figure because he was a Muslim. Um, And um, for that reason, uh, many people find it difficult to award him the status of being an anti-colonial hero, which in many ways he was, you know. Um, you know, I mean, we, you know, we can certainly take issue with some of his methods, but then let's make no bones about it: the methods of the East India Company, you know, they make today's corporations look like pussycats. Oh my
0: goodness, you can't, you're so <laughs> right. <laughs> I've so, been watching
2: taboo. You see, oh, of so. course,
0: <laughs> it's all very cutting edge at the moment. But no, I mean it's 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 brutal and it's war. Yeah. Um, and and again, that's what at comes any through cost, in at any cost.
2: At any cost. And
0: it, I think the brutality and the the almost the unsettling aspect of mm. this, the violence of this piece, again, mm. is what makes it so powerful. Compelling. It's so dynamic. It's so it's so violent. Um, and it is this representation of, of resistance.
2: And we don't usually think let's face it we don't usually think of Indian art as being unsettling or violent Um, it you know in in most senses in a European museum especially in somewhere like the hallowed halls of the Victorian Albert Museum for for your average visitor Indian art is sensual colorful exotic uh, pleasing but not troubling you know, And this disturbs and disrupts all of those preconceptions. And for those reasons alone, I love it.
0: Oh, I love it too. I love it. I'm so pleased we've been able to talk about it. I'm so sorry, listeners, about background noise, but uh, here in the beating heart of the Royal Society of Arts, everybody is... Working hard. Um, it's, it's been such a pleasure talking Thank to you. you. I'm so glad you, you could come and do this. And um, You're on Twitter, aren't you? I am. Do you want to give your handle? <laughs> At data underscore Shona. Excellent. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Dr. Janina Ramirez. Um, I do hope that you've enjoyed the podcast If you want to subscribe, it's historyhit.com slash art detective. Just remains for me to say thank you so much.
2: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.